0: Welcome to day two hundred and thirteen of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with Katie, David, and Matt as we continue to read through uh, you know Jeremiah. Uh, we are coming to a conclusion of you know the book of Jeremiah. And of course, Jeremiah uh, is ministering at a time when it feels like you know, that the uh, nation of Judah is coming to its own conclusion. There's a remnant left, and the remnant doesn't have a whole lot of hope, but uh, we have a sovereign God working, you know, in the most unlikely of places and the most unlikely of people to accomplish his, his great purposes. And even though Israel is going, you know, one direction, uh, you know, God is still sovereign in His direction. So we pick up in uh, Jeremiah 43, Uh, where the people have said, you know, let the Lord tell us what he wants us to do, to stay here or go to Egypt. And uh, Jeremiah said, he he wants you to stay here, to be planted and to be rooted and to find his grace even in the bleakness of this moment. They said, okay, we'll go to Egypt. And so we have a continuing story in uh, Jeremiah 43. When Jeremiah had finished telling the people all the words of the Lord their God, everything the Lord had sent him to tell them, Azariah son of Hoshiah and Johanan son of Cariah and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You're lying. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, You must not go to Egypt to settle there, but Baruch son of Neriah is inciting you against us to hand us over to the Babylonians so they may kill us or carry us into exile into Babylon." So, Jehan and son of Keri, and all the army officers and all the people disobeyed the Lord's command to stay in the land of Judah. Instead, Jehan and son of Keri, and all the army officers led away all the women of Judah who had come back to live in the land of Judah from all the nations where they had been scattered. They also led away all those whom Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, had left with Gedaliah, son of Achim, son of Shaphan. The men, the women, the children, the king's daughters, and they took Jeremiah the prophet and Baruch, son of Nerai, along with them. So they entered Egypt in disobedience to the Lord and went to Taphanes. And in, in Taphanes, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. While the Jews were watching, take some large stones with you and bury them in the clay in the brick pavement at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tephanes. Then say to them, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, I will send for my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and I will set his throne over these stones I have buried here. He will spread his royal canopy above them. He will come and attack Egypt, bringing death to those destined for death, captivity to those destined for captivity, and the sword for those destined to the sword. He will set fire to the temples of the gods of Egypt. He will burn their temples and take their gods captive." As a shepherd picks his garment clean of lice, so he will pick Egypt clean and depart. There in the temple of the sun in Egypt, he will demolish the sacred pillars and will burn down the temples of the gods of Egypt. And as substantial as Jerusalem must have looked to them at one time, Egypt uh, you know, probably looked even more substantial with not just one temple, but many temples and many great pyramids and many great cities. You know, Looking around him, it seems to be a very you know, secure place. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to uh, kind of love the illustration he use, uses as a shepherd would mm-hmm. take lice off of his mm-hmm. garment. That's how easy it, it's going to be for Nebuchadnezzar to pick off the people in Egypt one by one. Not a very pleasant image, no. but not a big deal for Nebuchadnezzar.
1: I just think, as maybe um, a person that's part of the nations, the surrounding nations, just kind of seeing what's going on with the people of God, um, and not being a worshiper of God myself, like I, f- I feel like it would absolutely, as they've mentioned before, seem like God isn't isn't God. Like they're, the God they were worshiping is not the living God that he has claimed to be and his people have claimed for him to be. And yet I absolutely love that God has prophesied all of these things throughout these all of these years so that anyone looking can see his word taking place and seeing that it's true. Because it looks like it's not he's not powerful. I mean by all outward appearance, he is not a powerful God because he's not standing up for his people, but he is using everything he says he will use for his, to accomplish his purposes. So I just think that's like so cool that he thought to do that. He had the forethought to do that. And even thousands of years later, we're reading this and seeing that what God said would happen is happening. And I think that's cool the
0: end (laughs) No, it it, it is and and, uh, how bold is it Uh, you know several times we've had Jeremiah acting out his prophecies this one has just a little bit of bold you know uh, take some big rocks go right in front of uh, Pharaoh's house plant them in the clay and say this is where Nebuchadnezzar's throne will will set and and for those of you who have you know run from him you, you can't you you might can run from the king of Egypt and you might can run from the king of Babylon, but you cannot run from God and His purposes. You know which are, you know which are firmly established. And uh, so you have a uh, you have a pretty dramatic you know prophecy, you know taking mm-hmm. place here. Yeah. you have
2: to love the extent of God's sovereignty. You know that it says one you know plenty these stones here, but then two, my servant you know Nebuchadnezzar will come and. I mean, God's sovereignty is not just localized into the people of Israel and in that place of the land, but it, mm-hmm. it extends to, you know, even, the, even Nebuchadnezzar is just a mere servant in God's hands. And and he will come and he will use Nebuchadnezzar to tear down the gods of Egypt. And, you know, God's mm-hmm. sovereignty just extends over, you know, yeah. the whole face of the earth. And so we're seeing, you know, that unfold. We're, we're learning um, more and more about who God is.
0: And of course, you're, you're hearing the word servant in a little bit different cast than you would hear it in my servant Abraham, mm-hmm. or my servant Moses, or my servant David. Uh, but there is a reminder uh, you know, that, that, that people who have a heart for God serve his purposes, but also those people who are in complete rebellion against God mm. you know, serve his purposes so that Paul could confidently you know, say of us, uh, we know that in all things he is working together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, So even Nebuchadnezzar, who is as far from God and, and even more arrogant to you know, than uh, the kings of Judah that he is judging, who is as far from God as he could possibly be, uh, is serving God's purpose in his time and, and in his way. And so God is uh, sovereign over every detail, every person. You know, and it's hard for us to you know, wrap our heads around it, but everything is moving toward his desired end uh, in all of our circumstances.
2: And as we've kind of seen throughout the story, you know, a lot of what's going on and the judgment that they're about to receive, you know, this chapter talks about, you know, all the arrogant men of, of Jeremiah it said to Jeremiah, you know, you were lying and kind of just that arrogance and, and pride that comes out when in the chapter before, you know, God laid out so clearly, you know, like, here's everything I'll give you if you stay, here's everything that'll happen if you leave. And they're like, no. And and so just that pride and arrogance that we can so often have to the word of God of ignoring it or rejecting it thinking obviously our way is is better mm-hmm. when really what he wants to give us is exactly what we would want mm-hmm. if as we say you're just smart enough to actually know what you wanted and, and he offers that so
0: clearly and somehow Baruch you know, becomes uh, <laughs> the, the the whipping boy of all this uh, you're lying to us Baruch has uh, influenced you and uh, Baruch is the one who's been writing down Jeremiah's prophecy and, and saying. I hate writing these things down because they're so, you know, so convicting and so confronting. Uh, and uh, it, it, uh, it, it again, it, it's just the, the reminder that we will find every reason not to listen to God when we don't want to mm. listen to God, which is some, a place we should never find ourselves in. Mm. And, and by the very nature of the gospel, it is going to, you know, confront sin in our lives and it's going to confront idolatry in our lives. And in the moment, that's not comfortable but it always delivers his best and to run from that is to you know run uh, you know to ruin. Uh, whether it's physical ruin or more importantly our spiritual ruin and uh, you know whatever else we lose when we sin, the one thing we lose is the thing that's most precious and that's uh, intimacy you know mm-hmm. with with God and, and they're choosing you know, to hide, hide in Egypt mm-hmm. rather than to trust in God.
2: Yeah, we're a lot more like this remnant than we want to admit. You know, I mean, Absolutely. how many times have we read the Gospels and hear a hard word from Jesus, and our first response is, well, Jesus couldn't actually mean that. And it's like, but well, what if he does? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. And, and those are hard words. I mean, and, yeah. you know, we have to interpret and stuff, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just that humility of, you know, is this the word of the Lord to us? And and rather than standing over, you know, as judges of God's word, we should be those who humble ourselves.
0: And there's an irony there, you know, in the sayings of Jesus, a lot of times, you know, people who otherwise take Scripture literally said uh, want to make those very spiritual yeah. statements and people who sometimes take Scripture spiritually want to make those literal statements. And, and what we need to do is just hear God's Word as God's Word, you know, discern, you know, what He's saying to us. And often we want to turn it on someone else rather than, mm-hmm. you know, hearing what He says, you know, what He says to us. Yeah. Uh, but that has been the refrain of the prophets, you know, that my people have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't see. And uh, they draw near me, you know, in Isaiah's word, with their lips, uh, but their hearts are far from me. And it's a place where we often find ourselves, but we never want to find ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, uh, it is a stark reminding to us. Katie, you mind closing us with a word of prayer?
1: No, Father, would we would we always receive your word, um, knowing that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts higher than our thoughts. Um, help us to trust in your character when um, the things around us just seem very bleak, um, seem like you aren't there. Um, help us to remember that you are. Help us to trust in you. Um, Father, would you just speak to us through your word? Would you help us to come back to your word over and over again, to be encouraged by it, to be conflicted and convicted by it? Um, Would you just continue to move in us, your people, um, and help us to remember that we are rooted and established um, in Jesus? And we thank you and praise you for that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.